Hey everybody, it's time for the cast. Ooh, that's a nice chord. I'm just gonna keep playing. Yes, <laughs> I can vibe with that. <laughs> I'm just All gonna right, keep right on strumming. <laughs> Welcome to the Static Podcast reboot, episode two. Is that is that the official name we're going with? <laughs> I think I asked that last time, and everyone was like, "Obviously," and I was like, "All right." Did we really? Because that's <laughs> it's yeah, pretty no. dumb. Yeah, it is. Yeah. <laughs> It's still static and distortion, static podcast. Would correct. By the way, with just the original three members that ah, yes. started this. When was the last time just the three of us recorded? Oh god, must have been before the war. Um, Which I one? remember it fondly. Yes, I was yes. sitting there eating my canned weenies over a dumpster fire. Checking I just assumed my it was your cracked pepper and olive oil uh, triscuits. <laughs> We're drinking our hobo juice and discussing the better times. And they were better times. And the glint of the moon reflecting off the hilt of our rifles. And that's when I turned to old soup can sand and said, how these eggs got in my pajamas? I'll never know. I fucking know. <laughs> yeah, that that was a weird... That was a weird. I I Sunday literally afternoon. just mixed quotes <laughs> from two different TV shows. And if our viewers or listeners can figure those out, let me know. We'll send you a prize I, from audible.com. <laughs> yep, I, I forgot yeah. about that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, welcome back. That's second episode of our our, our 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 brand new old podcast. I am Chris. I'm John. I'm Robert. The man yes. twirling his mustache. Yes, John. It seems it's with, calming me down. It doesn't look like it. Um, it looks like John. you're. It looks like you're kind of. Nervously. <laughs> yeah. So we should mention a couple things. Uh, one of the new things about our, our podcast, if you're joining us, is that we all have the ability to see each other, but we cannot see you. Um, there was some confusion. One of our speak for yourself. Uh, I see all I, kinds of things, man. We, okay. I mean, I can, <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> but yeah so if we ever reference something like about robert doing some weird ass shit with his nose right now um <laughs> be thankful that you can't actually see that <laughs> all right yeah all right so music news is usually how we start these things off traditionally what john was saying was yeah we're the this is our the original three format uh the original three founders so what you should expect is the best goddamn show of all time um but really it's just just kind of don't don't guarantee or promise things man i'm just telling them what they should be expecting at this point so that you know five minutes from now when my computer shuts down (laughs) (laughs) and it's me and robert doing an actually good show (laughs) yeah (laughs) just you know don't don't let your expectations Lead your lead your heart. Yeah. Okay. Where's my guitar? I'm gonna do that. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, I gotta write down a lyric. <laughs> <laughs> He's do I smell a, a writerless song coming on? Mm. Mark that one off your bingo cards. <laughs> so yeah, mu- music news. What has happened in music this week recently? Well, guys. It's time we talk about Ed Sheeran. Mm, that uh, ginger fuck. <laughs> I, I happen to like him. Um, I'm not surprised. It's not really music made for me. Uh, my kids really enjoy his music. Um, you know, 
but I, I get what he's doing. You know, it's not in my no, playlist every day. I, there's very few artists, I guess I could say, I don't get what they're doing. Um, like new <laughs> artists, you know, like, a, like at least like there's, there's some, you know, background, like, okay, they're just doing this sort of thing or they're, this is the type of music they make, or this is the kind of, you know, script that they're following from their label or whatever. Every once in a while, there's an outlier that comes out. I was like, I have no idea what the hell this artist is ever doing. Like Death Grips. <laughs> like Death Grips. <laughs> you just don't get it, man. That's if exactly my point. If you're not part of the revolution, you're just in the way. I'll say, after our Death Grips podcast from last season, two years ago, <laughs> uh, <laughs> maybe in the fall of 2015, I can't remember anymore, uh, back before the war, um, that was probably a turning point in my hate hate relationship with the death grips <laughs> because it just became a hate relationship not a hate hate relationship yeah. um <laughs> which, is, which is different um but i i did i did end up at the end of the day getting it just not for me yeah. but at sheeran um you love him why no it's more about what he keeps getting sued <laughs> for um which is plagiarism I think he's on his third or fourth round uh, getting sued for ripping off another artist's uh, structure of their song to make one of his hits. Yeah. So, like, so, because I didn't read, I saw the thing, I didn't read any of it, because we were, who else were we talking about those, uh, that was, was it Lana Del Rey or somebody like that that was the Radiohead? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Lana Del Rey's, uh, one of her last songs off her, um, one of her albums off, songs off her last album, excuse me, um, it basically starts with creep. It is just, no, so I <laughs> listen to it. And, and, and yeah, so I usually take these things with a grain of salt because, you know, like, you know, it's pretty easy to have a song structure, you know, if you're not really paying attention. Um, there's been a lot of lawsuits in the past and like, kind of see it. And it's like, yeah, it's kind of there, but you no, know, yeah, that song, no, that is just creep. That is, yeah. I listen. I was like, I was surprised by that even. And, you know, Creep was also, the fun thing about that was that uh, Radiohead was also sued for ripping off that song. From the Hollies. From the Hollies. That's and right. they agreed that they did, and then they credited him on the album for it. <laughs> yeah. That's all you have to do is just be like, yeah, you're right, man. No, that's that was your song. We just well, did it. You, you got us. I so like we'll back you, when, we'll um, <laughs> when Red Hot Chili Peppers came out with Danny California, and everybody's like, oh, that's Mary Jane's Last Dance by Tom Petty and the Hot heartbreakers just a little faster and i I think that eventually did get soon put petty as a songwriter on it i don't really remember the details of that but i just remember petty's reaction was like yeah it really sounds like my song but i probably stole from somebody else it just he he was cool about it because he's tom petty i think you i think certain artists can do i think um what's his name york was like kind of surprised like when they interviewed him because creep is kind of it's not a very standard um structure chord structure it's no. it's 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 really pretty unique so like like i said like tom petty says you know like yeah you know only so many uh, things out there i'm sure you know so get something in your head the, the famous uh thing with uh yesterday you know and hearing it in a dream and stuff like that but yeah the creep thing was like no this is literally you just are doing your co- a cover of creep for a while so with ed sheeran 
I haven't listened to a lot of him. In your expert opinion, is he just, is this his MO now? Is he just well, going to keep doing this? <laughs> because he has a sound. So, I mean, it still sounds like an Ed Sheeran song. You mean song. it's other people's sound? <laughs> well, no. I mean, it's, it's hard to say, though. Here's something about Ed Sheeran that's getting confusing, is I'll hear a song on the radio and go, well, that sounds like a Ed Sheeran song. You know how there's certain artists who are so pervasive, this is their time, um, they're just dominating the airwaves, that yeah. you start getting imitators or people doing that sound, or for right or wrong, they're kind of influenced by it. And I find out he just wrote it. And he I mean, he writes songs for everybody. Um, the re- most recent one that he's getting sued for is a song he wrote for Tim McGraw and Faith Hill. Um, oh, really? By some Australian mm-hmm. uh artists who said it's basically their song now and stuff like that it's like an artist i've never heard of from australia and has he heard that song before did he have that in there i don't know but when you when you think about ed sheeran's music it sounds like ed sheeran but it's also really familiar like he's he's not breaking generic like it's that that's the thing that always struck me about ed sheeran it's like i don't like if he didn't have that look about him if he didn't have that kind of persona he would literally just be any other dude doing this music and and not popular but because he's like this tall speaking of which Glenn answered as a unique sound he just had a new album come out mm-hmm. <laughs> you know like when you talk about like a unique sounds like you know if i heard Glenn Hansard, i'd be like yeah it's Glenn Hansard. you know i heard ed sheeran right you know, i'd be like yeah this is just some generic dude singing some generic song yeah so it's funny that yeah he's writing it for other generic artists right they don't write their own stuff and like. you know so you you hear that and you go well, well it's kind of like two um i heard a new fallout boy song recently and because work radio oh, yeah. they you guys all know about work radio yeah. i they play music over the intercom at work and i have to listen to a bunch of crap i don't like all day and it's infuriating but this new fallout boy song came on and i'm thinking man this really sounds like um sia Oh, really? find out she co-wrote it you know so there's a lot of that kind of stuff going on too where you That's go this sounds familiar it's a, basically a replication of her hit the greatest um but now fallout boy's doing it so i guess it's cool and she wrote it i don't know no but no it's just you just have two bad things coming together at once and it's just you know yeah like you said it's work radio um with it like but yet you brought that up like this the small australian outlying man like did he hear that you know like i don't know, I don't know this guy's life <laughs> like well, then he got sued for but copying. that's the thing is like when you start to get a pattern of like oh there's another lawsuit oh there's another lawsuit oh well yeah maybe he is actually just going out there and listening for songs that no one's gonna recognize him. well there's the one song i can't remember thinking of you or something like that that he got sued by marvin gay's family because it basically rips off let's get it on and it absolutely does Mm. Um, it's a kind of a Ed Sheeran facsimile of Let's Get It On. But, I mean, I guess he never heard about Robin Thicke getting sued for Blurred Lines from the gay family. And, you know, they won both times. Um, don't mess Marvin, with Marvin Gaye's Mar- family. Marvin Gaye, better artist than Ed Sheeran. Yeah. <laughs> so, but I think that's it's part of why his his music works is because it is familiar and generic. And when you write generic, familiar music, it's really palatable. And you have this, uh, conundrum then of, it sounds like 
everything else that's out there. He's just yeah. really good at doing that right now. Yeah. Or really man. bad at it. I don't know. Cause it's so he's... weird. Cause it's almost like he's saving radio, you know, like, like I, I so rarely, I know you're forced to, but I so rarely like listen to, you know, or, or, you know, the, the, the pop hits or the, the mainstream hits that are coming in. You know, it's so all watch the Grammys, you know, and kind of just get a reality check of what was happening in the world of people like listening to music on the radio and stuff. And like, it, it almost just like, like it almost, or MTV music video awards, that sort of thing. And it's almost like there's so, so many artists out there. And there's so many albums that come out every week and everybody has their own kind of uh, conditioned tastes now. Like Ed Sheeran comes along and it's like, Hey guys, mainstream again, it's still popular. It's still really good. Check us out. And now, it's just like he's he's keeps resuscitating this this horse that I just want to die. I don't know why I chose horse, but I I just I'd be I'd be happier I guess if there just wasn't wasn't proper uh, proper radio. Well, <laughs> I see where you're coming from on that, but I guess what I like about Ed Sheeran is I mean there's a lot of even worse music out there. Oh, that's that's obviously true. I mean, for a while, the kick drum, it was not a very creative period for the kick drum because it was just the the dance beat, kind of the one kick kind of thing going on. Um, and just a bunch of synthesizers. There's not a whole lot of people playing instruments. Um, and, I mean, you can't deny Ed Sheeran is talented because if you ever see his show, um, a lot of his stuff he does as a solo with the, with the feed or the loop thing. I forget what those things are called. Yeah, the um, foot the loop pedal. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, but when you see him layer a song like that, perform it as a one man band, basically, it's pretty phenomenal. I mean, it's pretty cool. Yeah, that. but you could go down to just about any bar in any college town and see someone just as well do that. Doing those Marvin Gaye and whatever songs, it just seems that Ed Sheeran has the balls to say, okay, I played all these covers. Let me rework them and call them my own songs, yeah. and I'm going to fucking play a stadium. And I think that's – and, and, and <laughs> fuck that. Play guy, a stadium, man. collect money. Yeah, yeah he does know. what – with like there's so many bars you can go to in Chicago – and name a city – you can go there and there's a dude with no. a loop pedal and an acoustic guitar who does like a simple strumming pattern and then a quick beat on the guitar and loops it, does a couple other things and then sings like Biz Marquee, <laughs> gets money and then Ed Sheeran's like, fuck, I need to find a new because I'm a scrawny ginger who does the same shit. Let me find a way to do this big yeah. time. I'm going to take that same Biz Marquee song, rework it a little bit and I'm going to put my own lyrics over it. Yeah. There, there you are. Like, and, and, and it worked. It worked really well. And again, like, he, you know, I think people like this is the first time maybe that they've seen this sort of this music technology use. You know, we've this has been around for a very long time. <laughs> but these, you know, like, again, like it's, it's he, he plays to, you know, teenage preteen girls. Like, you know, That's like true. But um, I was going to love him. Potentially, no I was gonna say like about about that that sort of thing that like when we were talking about the respect and just getting away with shit. I think was it Justin Timberlake having his birthday party at Paisley Park, and like what I, what? I just what yes, <laughs> you're laying this right. You, you're gonna have to step back a couple. <laughs> I am go back a couple almost, steps here. Almost positive it's him, but yeah, uh, they just like paid to do this. 
Um, and let me double check my source. Or does anybody have a computer on them right now? I do. Yes. What do you want? Just make sure. Y'all. Justin Timberlake, Paisley Park. Make sure I'm not just. This wasn't some sort of fever dream, which it might very well have been. Um, Drunken hallucination. <laughs> I don't get as many of those anymore. It used to be on the show. It was like that. Five days ago, Justin Timberlake slammed for holding a listening party at Prince's Paisley Park Studios. Listening party. So there we go. So. And that and it's funny because what I was going to bring up uh, when talking about the radio and talking about mainstream artists is that Prince was so very against that in his own kind of you know passive aggressive way. You know he had this this movement for you know real artists and real music and things like that. And he, in so many words, like you know trash talked bands like InSync and artists like Timberlake and stuff like that who go out there and kind of just do this mainstream thing. So when I saw that, yeah, when I saw this story, I was like, that's just, that's just so weird and ironic. Yeah, and I guess like none of the actual like staff outside of security, like that work at Paisley Park were allowed there. Like he just paid a whole bunch of money to do this. Yeah. Yeah. So reading this, uh, Paisley Park hosted touring prep sessions for Steve. And this is back when Prince was, you know, allowing this stevie wonder james brown madonna aretha franklin celine dion rem neil young jeff beck and amongst others that he personally chose Mm -hmm. uh as chris said justin timberlake just threw a whole bunch of money because because the super it's this is for the super bowl the super bowl is being host is being held in minneapolis justin timberlake is the halftime performer and so the powers that be the nfl or whoever it is just threw all this money at paisley park to let him do his hosting party there for his new album because he's the halftime performer and everyone is like outraged that a they're letting this happen and that b because bud light is a sponsor they're serving alcohol and prince was a yeah prince is a teetotaler yeah yeah prediction I'm going to make a prediction right now. Justin Timberlake's halftime show is going to be universally panned by everybody. Any any Holy news outlet. Shit. Yeah. It's yeah, going it's, to be completely... I didn't know about the alcohol thing. That's... Yeah. yeah no, I, well, I mean, yeah, he was a weird uh, variant of, um, what was it, Jehovah's Witness. Right. Um, but yeah, when he would have, whenever he would have like these parties or whatever, which he had a room just for like partying and you come by at whatever time, you know. Oh, yeah, there just wasn't any alcohol, though, you know, <laughs> and that's the thing to this day, like, they'll still have, like, parties and stuff like that, it's just there's never any alcohol, it's, you know, it's just, you know, you're there, man, and fucking enjoy it. <laughs> All right, just to go on a little bit further, purple. so apparently <laughs> these two had an issue about 10 years ago between each other, um, because Timberlake's song Sexy Back came out, and Prince went, like, in some publication or some interview said for whoever claiming they're bringing sexy back sexy never left i'm still here (laughs) and then and then at the golden globes justin timberlake presented best song for which prince won song of the heart from happy feet but prince prince couldn't be there he's stuck in traffic so timberlake made fun of him by getting down on his knees because Prince was only 5'2", he got down on his knees and lunging up at the microphone to accept the award. Oh. Yeah. Oh. I, why did I never hear about that? What a cock. And then he also put a lyric in a song that says, uh, in one of Justin Timberlake's songs, if sexy never left, then why is everyone on my shit? Don't hate on me just because you didn't come up with it. <laughs> you know, I'm sorry, but, <laughs> you know. That's 
petty, it's, man. It's, it's it's like when Kanye was making fun of Beck, and like he had to like take it back because like yeah, like why are you picking? You're not gonna pick on Beck. Like he like everybody in the industry respects and loves you. You know, like this like you're gonna start a war with pick. Prince. Like and Beck no. is a generally well known to be decent fellow as well. Yeah. Right. Whereas Prince, actually, you know, yeah, he was kind of a prick sometimes. You know, like he, he had difficult to get along with, but nobody out there didn't respect him you know so like sorry justin you lose this one pretty hard <laughs> so which like there's gonna be so many people who are like oh the fuck no, 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 about justin timber like i don't know like the dude has put out good music yeah you know but, he, gonna... but he's put out like maybe one and a half good albums right compared to prince's first album came out 77 78 something like that and he's been consistently putting out good music mm-hmm. Fuck Justin Timberlake in this respect. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. we kind of uh, talked about this in, I guess, I don't know. It was kind of like partially in, in one of our chats uh, about, you know, Timberlake's hitting that like 20 years in the music industry thing. And he's, I mean, pop musicians have a shot, a shelf life. They're basically, yeah. mm-hmm. um, you look at Madonna, you look at all these people that one minute is having a platinum album and you can't get away from them on the radio and then they put out an album and everybody's like what are they doing and that's kind of what i feel like is happening to timberlake like his his um star is not as sharp as it used to be it's not as bright as it used to be and it's so quick because what was it last year he had can't stop the feeling which my kids will not freaking stop listening to oh is that that was a from that movie yeah, from yeah, from trolls, trolls. yeah 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 all right, so this, I had something else I wanted to talk about, and we can get that to later, but this is going to transition, I think, into the main question we, we have. And it's, um, so I'm going to segue here into our main topic of conversation. Oh, yeah. Okay, so Shen, you just said something interesting. Pop stars have a shelf life. They do. Right. I agree for the most part, unless a pop star creativ- uh, creatively or stylistically pushes or changes their boundaries into another realm that they have never done before. For example, Lionel Richie put out a country album and that shit was fantastic. Wait. And I yes. Okay. Yes he did. I'm he listening. put out a country album of like country standards and ballads and he sang it, he produced it and by the way, Lionel Richie in my opinion, is up there at least top 10 musically speaking. He is fucking phenomenal. Dude can do no wrong in my eyes. And he put out a country album about two or three years ago that is amazing. He pushed boundaries into something he has never done before. He's coming from an R&B funk pop. Sure, sure. Into country and had a top 10 album. Well, I mean, you can look at something too like... um... Rod Stewart, when he quit mm. doing rock and then he had all those 80s hits and then starting around the turn of the century, he's doing pop standards in like this kind of yeah. crooner style. Yeah. But he yeah, was, he was able to reinvent himself as well. Dil- Dylan's um, doing the same thing with the crooner exa- style. Yeah, standard. You know, I think when you get, maybe it's just an age thing there, you know, but you start looking back on your career and you're like, you know what I haven't done a Christmas album. <laughs> you know what I, or you know what I, you know what I could do? I could do some Sinatra stuff. Put that out there. You know, I I love that. Um, and and musicians. Um, and Stewart, uh, was wasn't he one of the ones that came out with a kind of a countryish album a few years ago as well? Mm. I, I don't know. 
I don't know that. It was, it was some... I really want to say it was. Um, but in either case, like, yeah, like, I think if you have a successful long career like that, uh, like Stewart has, and obviously it's, I, I'm not a big Rod Stewart fan from his stuff when he left rock. Uh, I, I think he was really, really dynamic when, when he was, when he was just bursting onto the scene and then he brought sexy back. Um, <laughs> the first um, time, <laughs> but to, yeah, to have a very long career like that and then, you know, reflect back or, or reinvent yourself in, in some way and, and actually have it be listenable and good is, is absolutely great. But let's like, let's take a look at someone who's the same age, uh, roughly, you know, from the same time period of uh, Paul McCartney, who hasn't really changed stylistically outside of, his, outside of his stint with the wings. Like if you listen to his new stuff, it's still very Paul McCartney. It's it, not, it, and it's really not terrible. <laughs> it's really not that bad. Um, it's, it, it's his thing, you know, and when he tours, he does Beatles stuff. So real quick, Young Turks, Rod Stewart is amazing. But secondly, to kind of encapsulate everything that we're talking about, uh, Shen and Chris brought up a topic of conversation. And Chris, do you want to say it? Because I feel like I'm going to talk about it and fuck it up. Do you want to pose the question? It was it was basically artists that hit a creative point and continue to make great music, but yes. not breaking boundaries, not breaking out creatively, or an artist we were trying what was it was like three questions in one another one was artists that break creative boundaries but fail at it yeah fail and then like kind of go you know i, I fade out of existence you know because of it um start with decemberist kind of where we launched yeah. and we were talking so, about it so yeah i brought this up because the decemberist announced uh, the other day that they have a new album coming out which is awesome very excited about it um i'm to first time listeners, I, I I I do. I don't expect hang, they're not everybody's thing, and I I get that. On, but. Pause. Um, if you guys hear any um, barking or cat hissing, the dog's sitting on my lap right now, and the cat's basically attacking her. Um, <laughs> my, I had to put my dog in a diaper tonight because she's oh, having some issues, pookie. and the cat is just like weakness. I'm going to pray, <laughs> and it's just chaos right now. Um, basically under the table so sorry chris no i i always assume when i'm looking at you and i can't see the bottom half of you it's always chaos under the table down there (laughs) so uh anyway no uh so yeah so they have a new album coming out uh i think we might have mentioned last week if we didn't i val and i at least wanted to that uh lin-manuel Miranda uh did hamilton and the moana soundtrack uh collaborated with them to put out ben franklin's song an unreleased song uh, from the Hamilton uh, musical. And so I guess I really shouldn't be all that surprised that they have a new album coming out. If they had time to do this, they were probably in the studio anyway. But it does sound significantly different than their last, at least their last couple albums, where they had kind of a, a solidified sound about them. They were they were great. Um, but then the conversation kind of turned towards, like, and I was saying, like, this sounds pretty different. There's a lot of synth in it a lot of different vocal effects going on, like really driving bass lines, really atypical for them, but it was really good. And I was like, boy, if they're, if they're going to change their style, if they're going to branch out, which is, you know, they, they're hitting that 13 year mark since they uh, put out their first one, you know, like, thank God they're not fucking it up, you know, cause that's, <laughs> that's something 
that that artists do all too often and then led us into talking um just you know throwing out some artists out there you know like arcade fire did last year you know where they stepped away for a few years and they came back and then concept album or not it was just it was a risk for everything now you're talking about right yes yeah, yeah. yeah i hated that album objectively garbage um and i i am so forgiving not forgiving that's that's really pretentious i'm so open to like respecting music even if i don't like it or listen to it um and trying to understand what they're going for and it wasn't that i couldn't understand what they were going for it was really easy to understand what they were going for and to watch it and to listen to it be so bad uh was kind of heartbreaking because i because i liked arcade fire you know and i you know obviously some yeah. by some of their older stuff but that was one band that came up and what's interesting, John, and I'm sorry to, to take the stage for so long here, is that a long time ago, we did have this conversation about one, another one of our favorite bands, a Chicago band, Wilco. Right. Um, and you were, uh, one of their albums, I think Star Wars came out or something, and you were bitching about how, like, you know, it's just like all their stuff just sounds like Wilco now. And I'm like, yeah, but it's really good. It's good. You know, you know it's like, why are you complaining about good music? Was But now after having this kind of sort of conversation i think i see a little bit more where you're coming from where you want them to if they've Surprise been around, you yeah exactly well and that's a good point about arcade fire and i i said this in our our talk about this this week which led to this topic being our second cast um arcade fire every single album i mean they started strong they started with um 29 minutes and 30 seconds robert <laughs> thank you <laughs> no i don't read the chat <laughs> um but back to arcade fire I mean, their first album was just kind of cool it was like nothing else that was going on in indie rock um there were like seven thousand people in the band um i i don't know what's going on in my house right now the cat is actively trying to attack me as i'm trying Ooh. to talk he is heat? plotting from across the room. I think he's charging think at me. It's probably because John's in heat. Yeah. John's in heat. Point. Yeah. No, I think he's just an asshole. <laughs> he's a cat. Anyways, mm. back to arcade fire. Um, every album you get, then um, Neon Bible, you get the Suburbs, which was fantastic. Um, yeah. Reflector. Every album they pushed themselves, and they were on this trajectory that was going crazy you know it, it every album was better and you can't sustain that forever i mean they've been out for a decade and they've had nothing but very good improvement album over album creatively uh sonically production wise um just really great so i'm disappointed in everything now I didn't even listen to the whole. I can't even listen to the whole thing. I, 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 I shut it off. I, I listened to the whole, whole thing. I well, because again, like I'm, I'm not. You know, I, it's the same reason I don't walk out of movies. You know, like yeah. I, okay. I, I'm, not, I'm gonna stick. I'm gonna stick through and because you know maybe the last song or maybe half of one of these songs is like really will click with me and then something else will fall into place. But no, man, I listen to that thing all the way through and it's and and afterwards i was just like no yeah i could i i could have actually stopped listening after the first song like sure there there was there was there was really nothing um of redeemable value from this uh, i'm gonna say i will say about bands that progressively 
and maybe it's a slow progression, but like the Nationals, another good one, they don't mm-hmm. have a ton of albums out. They've been around about uh, the same length of time as a uh, you know a couple of the other bands we mentioned, and they're getting progr- they're they're pushing it a little progressively, but not it's too much. Work. Yeah, it's very incremental. Um, and I think some bursts are the same way, but I think once you make that decision to kind of just be like, you know what, here's a fucking album of whatever the fuck uh, we want to do it. So fuck you. I applaud that decision because you're sure. the artist. Um, but boy, when that when that does not pay off the way that you think it will, or I, I, I don't know what they were thinking with that, but if I can't imagine success. Um, maybe that was their whole point. Uh, oh, who, who was? Oh, the Kaiser Chiefs did a very similar thing um, where they had like uh, an album that was making fun of pop music and the whole album was pop and it was just shit. It was just really bad. And I don't know if that was their goal artistically, but I, but I can't go and buy that album now because it's just really bad guys. I'm sorry. It just sucks. <laughs> and they were kind of on an artistic decline. They were pushing their themselves with every album that they had come out, but every album was getting kind of progressively not as good. Yeah. And then, and then they released this one and it's all just stadium pop and it's just so bad. Like it's- snow patrol. Ooh. Um, we the two examples I used when Chris and I were talking of bands that have creatively peaked in my opinion are my two favorite bands Wilco and Death Cab for Cutie. Um, I'm it's there's still some debate as to when Wilco peaked, but I would say probably after a Ghost is Born. Yeah, um, I would I would say Ghost is Born, Sky Blue Sky is probably about where they. And yeah. again, everything after that, including inclusive of that, it's solid. It's so solid. So and like maybe Wilco the album, but there's some great stuff on that. You know, I go back and I listen. Sometimes I'm like, why, why, why did I not like this album? Oh, because I was being like a contrarian prick. Okay, that's yeah, fair. Basically, because um, at that time the, that the album came out, it it really didn't do very well, and I think a lot of the industry was feeling kind of like what we're talking about. It's like, you know, okay, so is this just it now? Is this just what you guys are doing now? And like, there's some right. great stuff on the you know Star Wars and Schmilko. Yeah. Um and uh but like Death Cab, I'd say they peaked with plans in two thousand five. Mm. I still buy all their albums. I, I still love that band and they're putting out decent music. Um but creatively, there's not a whole lot to get excited about. Um and I don't yeah. know what to do with that. I'm I again, uh, I will retain my original argument which is stop complaining about good music um i, I will still much like uh like anything i would you know like wilco's next album coming down i'm absolutely gonna you know buy it and listen to it and enjoy it unless again unless uh it's something absolutely crazy but i think once you put out 10 albums or something like that you're probably not going to tarnish your reputation sure. so Question to you guys, because the one artist that comes to my mind is Eminem. Eminem mm. started Ooh. out so strong. Mm. Creatively yeah. out of the gate, everyone's like, who the f- is this guy? Blah, 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 blah. Released album after album, hit after hit, riding the wave. And then at one point he put it, he went into a, a self-imposed, like, just isolation. Mm. Semi-retirement. And then ever since he's come out of this semi-retirement, his albums have just been progressively getting worse and worse and worse. Yeah. And so, he's been taking a lot of crap lately, too. Yes. Yeah. Like Timberlake. So with a lot of these albums and a lot of these bands and everything like that, do you feel it's, you know, for the case of Eminem, do you feel he's just stuck in a rut 
creatively or do you feel that he's so out of touch with what made him successful that he can't recapture that lightning in a bottle or like what are the contributing factors do you feel that especially with the decline in the music or just maybe like with a wilco where they're just Mm. riding that wave that line do they not want to try to do something new to break new like how old are they they're 40s 50s do they not they're like we're we're comfortable we're good I think, yeah, I think they enjoy what they do. I think they've always had that sound and I think Tweety likes that sound and it's a creative uh, outlet at this point. I don't know if they're necessarily trying to make Yankee Hotel Fox trot again. And really, to be fair, if you go and try to make Yankee Hotel, Yankee Hotel Fox trot again, you're going to be an idiot. Yeah. It's not going to happen. You have to right. do something different. You so can't. they're no, so they're really no longer hungry. They're, like you said, it's just a creative outlet. At one point, it was, I need to have my message said. Now it's like, I just need to get food on the table for my kids. I don't know if it's I don't much even think it's that. Yeah, I don't no. think it's money. Um, it, it's, uh, at least the case of, of Wilco with Eminem. I don't know, because you listen to it, and it, it, like it, that, that style, what he's doing now, is so much more mainstream, so much more like, this is going to get, this is, it's not that, that raw sound that he had when he came out with. It's, it's a lot more subdued. It's a lot more just like in channel with whatever the fuck else is going on. Sure. Um, it is vastly different from, from the stuff uh, that, that, that got him famous, but maybe that raises the question then like, are we looking at everybody's like third or fourth album? Is there a breakout album? Right. Like, I'm honestly thinking at this point, every artist we've talked about, either they hit their peak creativity, uh, creatively and they just ride a wave or they hit their peak creatively and they start to just decrease. The one thing that is consistent is age. Like the older they get, do they just stop having stuff to say or they know what works? They have a formula that works for them and they know it'll be successful. Well, and then and, and just just circle that back around you Chris you talked about you hit a certain age what album haven't I done yet do you just try <laughs> to do something that you know will be successful and get you more money well Possibly. you know that might be it and I think yeah I think part of that is is selfish you know to an extent not necessarily in a bad way but you get that old you know, it's like when when to, to bring back Paul McCartney for a second um you know he, he was he was still actively releasing albums in the 90s 2000s and you know they weren't selling all that extremely well and so he started touring and got the rights and started actually doing Beatles songs and then right. released all the Beatles stuff and he's like hey remember I was a, I was a, remember when right. I was a Beatle remember when I was a prick for not putting out my music all the <laughs> Beatles music for like 60 years sorry here here it is now though I'm relevant you, you know I'm still alive um <laughs> so I'll pose this question to you and you guys might know more than I will what artist had a you know came out of the gate flying dropped off and then came back and I right now I can think of one came back doing something they did closer to when they first came out and found success again ooh I one comes to mind who and they've already crapped out again um Mariah Carey I was 2005 the emancipation of mm-hmm. mimi album she mm-hmm. was basically a laughing stock as she is now yeah in the music industry but that album came out and she had 
multiple hits off that album and yeah. everybody heralded it as her comeback it was the return to form um i mean i thought it was kind of plastic and generic but yeah it's i think that's a really tough thing because and i i, I don't really it's almost like when a tv show like start you know like starts making decisions casting new characters or killing off characters and the fans are like the fuck you doing bring them back and then they're like okay and then they just like write them back in you're like, well, this is still not very good. Yeah. (laughs) Like, you should have got rid of them in the first place. Yeah. Like, you know, sorry. Like, it's too late to apologize, so to speak. I was going to say Bonnie Raitt because she had all sorts of great hits in the 80s and the 90s. And then she kind of not fell off the map, but she was just doing Bonnie Raitt stuff. And then around 2012, 10, she came out with Slipstream. And she saw this, like, resurgence where she was doing, like, not modern country, but, like, there's that Blues. whole kind of modern country that's really just actual country music. And people right. are like, okay, you know. Right. I would have um, never thought of that, but that's a great example. Yeah. I, I feel bad about saying this because we've already talked about them and it, and it seems really obvious, but, but but Bob Dylan's a really good example. Yeah. Um, obviously, uh, once the 80s hit, uh, he found God. And um, every one of those albums, that I think there's four or five that came out in the 80s were... Uh, you know, I guess kind of sort of, they say gospel influenced, but there's, there's not a whole lot of gospel going on those albums. They're just real, it's just real bad. And then the 90s comes back, it goes back in the 90s, um, and like Planet Waves and things like that come out, and all of a sudden he's winning like album of the year again. And he's because he got back to his original sound. Um, and if you listen to his newer stuff, like outside of the crooners, like projects that he has, it is more bluesy jam band stuff, but it's not out of line with his original stuff. You know, sure. so I, I will I will argue for a lot of these artists, and you can see them getting old and up there in age and like Petty and stuff like that uh, before he died. Uh, not doing it for the money, but just still doing it because they enjoy doing it. You know, um, yeah. and that's that, and they're just going to keep doing it. <laughs> yeah. um, and you know, it'll it won't break new ground or whatever, uh, but it's still them playing their sound that they like the yeah. the one that i have some hope for right now is because it's death cab they're in the studio right now the thing that i think is going to give me a little hope and keep me interested not that i'm not going to buy everything they ever do because uh, <laughs> that's me that's what i do um on release day i always buy every single album in physical sure. copy if that's i can true. find it um that's just it's always going to be they're that ingrained in me but once Ben got sober and started running, his music is a lot less interesting, you know. Um, but founding member Chris Walla quit after the recording of the last album because he just wasn't vibing with it anymore. And now they have two new members who are both, you know, maybe not household names, but they've been in the business for a while. They do other work independent of Death Cab for Cutie. And I think getting those guys in the studio with Ben and the other guys is going to breathe some new life in it. And then that's a whole other avenue besides changing your direction creatively, changing your, um, you know, trying something completely different like Decemberist maybe you're doing. You're, you're just bringing in new people, new people who could write on their own without being in this band. Yeah. And you saw a little bit of that with Wilco once you brought in like Nels Klein and... Yeah. 
Michael Jorgensen and those guys. It is, it is just, it's hard to do. I think was, yeah, was the point. I think the easier route, you know, especially if you're established in a sound, like if you've made it past your third album and you haven't gone off the rails and you still have your fan base and you're, you know, you're 10 years in now, like, you know, maybe you try like a weird experimental thing, but you know, if, if it's any earlier than that, um, I think you risk just losing all credibility. Um, what is the one that, uh, Oh God, what's his name? Guy went up to Wisconsin to record. Yeah, it was a self-titled album. It was the one that had the songs and like all asterisks and did, you know, character, special characters. The last last album that came out and it was really not very good. It was a third album. It was highly anticipated. Okay. Uh, Man, no idea. Mm. Yeah, that's gonna be tough for me to find. <laughs> that's gonna drive you nuts, isn't oh, it? Oh, it really is. Yeah, no. Uh, well, I think it was like a from a forever ago was, or for somebody forever ago was his first album. Oh, Bon Iver then. Bon Iver, yes. Bon Iver. Bon Iver. So, that's who I thought it was, but I was like, did he go to Wisconsin to record his last one? Not his last one, like his first one. So I, I, I the fact that you got that off of such a wild goose chase of clues there <laughs> very impressive but no because uh, real quick because this last album 22 a million was actually really good in my opinion see i i wasn't i wasn't a huge fan of it um but it was different and i think maybe <laughs> um i think this is a good example of sort of an in-between where it is admittedly strikingly different from yes from previous sounds, folk, so, yeah yeah so i think everybody myself included went into it with an expectation and got something completely not what I was maybe ready for. <laughs> um, but not in the same way. Like I didn't I didn't come away with that album feeling the same way I did about Arcade Fire, where it's like, oh yes, this just fucking sucks. I'm sorry, but this is just terrible. I didn't I didn't Bonavers, I didn't have that reaction. I was just like, you know, I'll come back to this in a while, <laughs> see if I see if I, I like it more. But so with with like younger artists and I'm not that necessarily Bon Iver is a younger artist. His first album came out over a decade ago, I think, at this point. Um, oh wow! Yeah. But um, I feel like with newer artists, they're more likely to take a risk around like their second or third album. Just as you're mentioning, like, you know, if you get to your third album and you're ten years in, don't break it. He's at his third album ten years in, and he's like fuck off. I'm going to do something completely different. I'm going to make and, a Kanye and, album. Exactly. And people really like, and that's actually a good point. Cause Kanye, you could see like the first three or four albums are heavily like soul influenced. Da, 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 da. And then all of a sudden he goes out and he makes 808 and heartbreak. And people are like, what the fuck are you doing? And <laughs> then like, people are like, okay, well you got it. You're right. And then he goes out and does something like Jesus. And people are like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> oh, okay. You're right. You're right. And then yeah, he goes, see, I lost him at Jesus. That was the end for me. I hated but, that album at first, and then I listened to it like a year and a half later, and I'm like, I now get this album. See, 808s and Heartbreaks, I didn't get till like this fall. <laughs> <laughs> and I listen to, I've listened to it a lot lately, actually. Yeah, I don't know if I ever listened to all of Jesus. Yeah, I, I, I was. Yeah, oh, God. But I, me, I remember Hutch, Hutch was really, Hutch was a one time uh, member of uh, still, still on the roster. He is. For yes. um, Static and Distortion, he contributed on it. On at least one episode, maybe two. Um, but I remember he was a huge, huge Jesus fan when that came out, and I remember not really getting it. <laughs> and then, but Hutch was always had this like sort of uh, 
way about him where he was kind of thinking past you anyway. Um, and I was like, you know, all right, man, he probably just gets it in a way that I, <laughs> that Hutch gets things. Um, but yeah, I don't, I still to this day, I don't think I've ever gone back and listened to that all the way through. So I had to see, Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. So, sorry. Go ahead. No, I was going to say Jesus with me was just like, I don't know. I could get a lot of his stuff has some, you know, vulgarity or things like that, but there's always like a, a wink and a nod or like uh you get what is going on there Jesus just felt angry to me and i just didn't like it but that's exactly what it was supposed to be yeah it was i agree an angry frustrated album like yeah. that workout song he did off of college dropout so tongue-in-cheek yeah yeah um okay so real quick we've t- all the artists we've talked about have been well-established artists talking of going back to like 70s and 80s with newer artists that are coming out new albums coming out in the last five years maybe seven years personally and and i i know this because i'm constantly on spotify and looking up like soundcloud and youtube and i'm always digging for new music yeah and especially just with the soundcloud age nowadays it's so easy for a person to just release like regularly artists will release we're going to do hey february i'm going to release a song a day you know that's just a thing people do i'm going to release you know a new song every blah 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 and so i put shit on soundcloud all the time yeah and so spotify too they'll they'll just like they won't have like every once in a while they might have an ep uh but you know like um uh, Freedom Fire is like a good example. They'll just like they'll just release singles every once in a while. Every once, yeah. So yeah. all the artists we've talked about have been well established, and and they have possibly an older way of thinking about things. Whereas mm. newer artists, they're just like, I'm gonna flood the market with as much as I possibly can, or whenever I'm ready, I'm just gonna put shit out. How does that affect their growth creatively? Because we talked about at what point do you just hit a, a a crest and then you come down when you hit a, a plateau do you think that the soundcloud market allows people to be more creative more often and just see what sticks and then ride that wave into 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 fame yes or yeah i, how does I, I would i would agree with just just based on the artists that i know that start with that structure mm-hmm. um it's kind of like an open you know experimenting experiment ground um you know and then you like if i and then i'll use since i already used them as an example freedom fry um like going back to like some of their old stuff they put out a long time ago like just random stuff like, like what the fuck is this song did they do that's weird as hell i'm never gonna listen to that again um so i think it's easier to maybe do that whereas if you're you know you're going to put out an album as your debut album or your debut ep like you have to have a solid sound there it's kind of hard to rewrite yourself after that so i i think it's a i i think it's a great a great uh thing for for music right now um soundcloud yeah it itself might go away but that sort of yeah. um, medium which artists can uh, periodically release music and refine their sound and not to say practice uh but you know do that uh before before getting famous uh, i think that's that's here to stay around for a bit or if you're at sheer and just go in a bar and cover things until you <laughs> <laughs> and we come full circle which is the perfect time to end the conversation on this topic
Well done. Well done, Robert. You well, podcast good. No, I've done well. <laughs> so what have you guys been listening to this week? Nothing, actually. There's been like three albums that have come out and I haven't had a chance yeah. to listen to any of them. Boy, I hear you on that. I'm like five albums behind. I have stuff from November. I, I still haven't listened to LCD Sound System's new album. It's good. I haven't American listened. Dream. There's another big one that I should really be listening to that I haven't. I'll tell you what Beck, Beck's new album. I haven't listened to Beck's new album. You know, I saw one of you list. I think it was you listening. It to was me. I tried the so, other day. Yeah. It's so. F- I'll give a really my my quick two cents on Beck's latest album. I think it's hilarious. I think it's fantastic. I think it's fun, but it's it's such a summer jam album. Yeah. Okay. Like every song is a summer jam song, and, and they're not bad. But he released it in like mid November. Right. <laughs> and I, I just remember like driving to work and it's like cold and he's like it's just like a summer jam album and it's like you did this on purpose you you, <laughs> yeah. you wrote a summer jam album to release right before the holidays that's hilarious <laughs> i mean it might have been october that it came out but either way i just found it funny and like yeah there i think every single track on there is is, is summer jam but it's it's I not halfway bad. through yeah it's really it's really not it's not that bad i don't go back to it a lot but um it's not sea change no, and I mean, like, it's it's hard to say that Beck has, two, like, three distinct styles that he flips between. Yeah. Um, but, you know, you know, Sea Change and, uh, you know, uh, it's Compliment album that came out a couple of years ago. Um, what was that? Morning Phase. Yeah. Um, that's my favorite Beck. You know, but that's just, like, again, like, he has different styles he flips between, and you never really know what you're going to get. And then suddenly it's October, and he's singing about you know going to staying up all night and <laughs> like all right back and he, um, he, he would be like the antithesis to the conversation we just had basically probably, yeah yeah actually <laughs> um, but we did mention him earlier when we were talking about artists that you just don't disrespect you know right and, you know <laughs> but uh i've been listening to and uh i don't care if shen doesn't like them um uh first aid kit came out with uh their first new album i don't not like them i don't care what you have to say at this point john okay <laughs> um, they're, they're they're one of the albums that i have to listen to because i've been meaning to. i think it it's super solid what's weird is they released uh going um up to the, the album release the few months prior they they released like six tracks and i'm like you just like release like more than half of your album to get us interested. <laughs> and what's it like? No, like actually only like, I think two of those tracks actually appear on the album. The rest were just tracks they released. Yeah. And I was like, Oh, that's really cool. Cause I was worried that I'd just be listening to the same stuff that I've been listening to. Um, but this, it's our first uh, proper album in a real long time. And they still have that, that very familiar sound about them. I'd say that they're a band that um, I think this is their third or fourth album now. And, um, it's a lot more fleshed out. Uh, there's a lot more atmosphere to it um, than their prior work, but it's uh, it's 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 still very much first aid kit. It doesn't branch out, I guess, but it is. Yeah. I have a question. Yeah. I was thinking about this. Um, was I the one that got you into first aid kit in the first place? Uh, I want to say I sent you silver lining. You did because Jen sent it. Yeah, well, that was where I was going with it was, this. But that was, that was like all within a week. So yeah. I credit her more. <laughs> no, you should, because she sent it to me and I sent it to you. That's yeah. where I was going with this. Yeah. We yeah. all have Jen to thank. 
who has yeah. not been brought up on the podcast. No, so I don't yeah. have no offense. I don't have Jen to blame. Uh, blame to thank. Mm. Uh, <laughs> uh, Chanel got me into first aid kit. Sure. So. Oh, right on. Yeah, Here's no, what it, I'll do. it's good stuff. There's Here's what I'll do, Chris. I will listen to the this um, new first aid kit album before the next podcast, and we'll talk about it. I believe you. Quote unquote. You know what's funny is yeah, like our, our, our listeners they they can't they can't see me not doing air quotes. Like I wasn't actually doing air quotes when I said I believe you, but Robert did for you. Robert did actually do that while I was saying. <laughs> I was genuinely saying I believe you, John. Robert, what are you playing with? No, uh, it's, it's uh, Alan Wrench set. <laughs> <laughs> not what I was expecting. Okay. <laughs> What were, you, what were you sticking on your forehead in the middle of our conversation earlier? Oh, I got this for Christmas, and I don't know where I got it from, but it's one of those um, you stick it on the back of your phone case so you oh, can yeah. hold it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then it comes with an, a, a secondary portion that you could stick this at the bottom so you can wrap your corded headphones around them. Like you're a Neanderthal that doesn't have a Bluetooth headset like I do. I was going to say, I, I'm <laughs> looking at this contraption and it's coming into pieces and it's like, I would be given that and I'd, it, I would just throw it in the garbage. I'd be like, I, I've just been I'm playing not, with it. <laughs> like I'm not going to do anything with this. I'm not, yeah. We got those stupid little uh, fidget, and I'm sorry if I'm offending either of you or any of our listeners who love these things, but they're like the little, they might, they might have even been knockoff ones, but they're like little fidget cubes have a different yeah. thing on each side that has like a Ohio clicker now. and a button yeah, like and, one's yeah. a clicker and one's a slidey thing and yeah. one's like oh man i i, I hate that thing so it's one side didn't even work it's like a <laughs> thing you're supposed to like a switch and like it wouldn't switch and i was like well yeah i'm fucking i hate everything about society and i threw that <laughs> <laughs> I think I, I, that last summer. I think i actually got this from my mom Sorry, mom. I'm not using this. <laughs> it's it's of use now because we're just making fun of it. I stick it to my forehead when I'm bored. <laughs> what? Uh, I don't stick things to my forehead when I'm bored. Well, I have this beautiful chrome dome. You so do. It's naturally adhesive to things. Yes. <laughs> I I just I can't I can't identify really. You know, um, our listeners can't see, but I. I this beautiful head of hair, very suave looking, been compared to, you know, like a young Sean Connery or, <laughs> um, you know, like, uh, what's that guy who always rides the horses, Brad Pitt. Um, you know, I get that a lot. So I, I can't stick things to my forehead, really. If, I wish you would pause for a second because I wanted to say the guy who rides horses, Toby Maguire. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted yeah, you to pause I actually, so I could have gotten it. I actually... <laughs> actually have gotten toby mcguire before i've gotten that comparison usually i'll get adrian brody though to be fair that's okay. more believable yeah not or a wesley bad thing Snipes. or wesley Snipes. by any means yeah. no 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 brody's fine yeah i need to go i need to go watch some movies we can talk about movies next week instead i need to go see shape of water that's what i need to see yeah. Like, uh, like i didn't need to see it before now that it's actually won all these awards like i thought it would you know tuesday Academy Award nominees get announced. That's right. Yeah. And then you I'll will. go see all of them in the Best Picture Showcase. Mm-hmm. 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 Wasn't all there right. like one year last year you didn't do that or something like that? I got 
violently ill on the second Saturday. <laughs> yeah, so just so you guys know, yeah, every every year we do a sort of Oscar pool because we're classy grown-ups. Well, I don't. We do. You you always You're right. We always yeah. invite you and you we always do. say and you say, oh, I haven't seen any of the movies. And I respond with, well, neither have I. That's not what it's about. And then you're like, oh, I'm moving to Ohio. Yeah. My name's John. My I'm best like, friend is this Amish guy I wave at every day to work. Yeah. Abraham. 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 Um, but yeah, we did this Oscar one last year. I was, I, I, don't, I don't, yeah, I was like, dude, Oscar Paul, you're right Like, I, no. And I was like, okay, that's fine. I have other friends. And I messaged John like an idiot and he's yeah. like sorry no and i was like it's fine i have other friends yeah I I got, all our listeners <laughs> i got violently ill and i didn't see half the movies and i was just so out of it i was I, like flew or i don't know what and i didn't do any picks i didn't i don't even think i watched most because i was just in bed not feeling well so it was it was it was pretty it was a pretty bad oscars um they always are they're always terrible um sometimes the movies are good this year no, um, probably uh, Justin Timberlake. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. I was going to say Aziz uh, Ansari. <laughs> Maybe that's James about, Franco. Oh, it's, it's Jimmy Kimmel. Yeah, that's about right. Maybe, the guy who used to have year. the man show. He, yeah. is, he is successful with his late night show. He is. He's, he's, he's okay. Yeah, I don't mind him. I have, I have nothing against him. I don't have a lot against a lot of people. I love everyone. I will say though, like this is this is going to open up a whole other thing, which we'll have to not talk about tonight in depth. Yeah. But I don't like Colbert on on Tonight Show. I don't or, care. Wait, yeah. not Tonight Show. <laughs> yeah, I think he's fine. Um, the Late um, Show. The late, late Show. Thank you. I think he's fine. I no, he's fine. I liked him better as Colbert Report. Yeah, you can. Oh, here we go. Sorry, we couldn't update Windows because your device wasn't free at our scheduled time. Oh my God, Windows, I love you. So sorry, guys, real quick. Uh, before, right before we did the podcast, Windows popped up saying, "Hey, we're going to restart your computer in like 22 minutes." That'll be cool, and it, right? And it, and it said, "And it, yeah." And I was like, "All right." Um, and one of the options was like restart now, and it was like, or pick another time. So I clicked pick another time, and then just went away. It's like, all right, I might just restart whatever then. So it literally just right now said, hey, you know, we, we wanted to re- restart your device, but it looks like uh, you were using it. So we didn't. And I was like, well, damn. That's All considerate. Right. That is very considerate. Now watch just restart on me. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how we end the cast. <laughs> uh, All right. Anything else to say before we go our separate ways? Uh, I had a whole topic to talk about, but we can just save it for the next episode. All right. There we go. Another thing. That, oh, and this is good, too, because usually Robert is the one that does not research anything that we're about to talk about. <laughs> the fact that he has the weight of the shoulders on him now really remember, takes off all of ours. Remember, like, the first five podcasts we did when we used to do it at my house live together? Yeah. Um, Robert used to bring post-it notes. <laughs> he did and I would rip them up in his face <laughs> <laughs> Robert's probably the I most prepared of, of the three of us yeah he I, because yeah like I came there and I like you know I like show up to the house and I was like alright man what beer you got 
And, you know, like, I was like, I don't know, let me check the fridge. And so, like, I'd go and just, like, rifle through his beer. And then Robert would show up with his, like, stacks of papers, like, ready to go. Data. Like, what are, <laughs> I was like, what are we doing today? Like, half drunk already. <laughs> so, the funny thing is, is I still do notes every day. Oh. I have just a whole leaflet wow. here notes and on a notepad that i took from into it when i left there <laughs> <laughs> uh, i grabbed like 20 of i remember these. those yeah yeah, that was, yeah. Uh, i still have so much into it crap i really don't i got rid of I, that's the I have like 10 t-shirts like, still I've, I've talked about this before when, I when something's it. gone it's gone you know i don't want any memories of it um you know the only reason that we still talk is because we do the podcast otherwise you would be dead to me i said this many times <laughs> i have a couple of those <laughs> robert's showing us into an intuit uh notebook with notes inside that i take at about, work about oh not like notes from from <laughs> well these are notes, notes. These are notes from old podcasts, actually. <laughs> this is notes from the Radiohead show that we did. Oh, that was a good episode. That was a good episode. That's why we're, that's the one we did like a two-hour show, right? If you guys, if you guys want, um, we do have our old episodes up. Uh, I actually found them really easy today on just Google searching "static and distortion." Um, the Elvis Costello podcast. Oh, I remember that. Yeah, They're, I wrote your name for someone. I, I think I was going to make a list about you, Chris. And then I didn't write anything. <laughs> I like, just wrote Chris's, your name. Chris's qualities. I don't know why I nothing. wrote your name. At just the top. nothing. He has no. There's that is by the way the best representation, the visual best visual representation of me I've ever seen. Just his name with nothing underneath. Nothing. And then next next page back to notes. Uh, yeah. All right. So yeah, uh, if you guys search uh, "static and distortion" static podcast. You'll find us super easy. Um, we are on iTunes as well. Um, we'd like to thank all of our sponsors. Um, Audible.com. Audible.com. SoundCloud. Uh, Google. Uh, Microsoft for not shutting off my computer. Um, Papa John's Pizza. I have quotes oh, no. from previous, uh, previous podcasts. Neil Peart is the greatest white guy drummer over 50. I love that one. <laughs> I wish you guys could actually see this. Uh, it, this is an amazing little prop. Like This is like a serial killer's handbook. Like He's just got notes scribbled all over <laughs> in no fashion. Joe Camel is a fucking camel. I'm talking about horses. See, both, right? of, those, both of those quotes were Coop. Absolutely. <laughs> both of those quotes were Coop. Oh, I have a short. I don't. This was this was my Outcast page, and it's two notes. I already <laughs> knew so much about Outcast. I wrote two things, and then I, there's there's one Susie. It's a blues funk jam, solid bass jam. I think this is a Coop episode. I don't remember what episode Damn. this is. It, it's so it's so much weirder now looking through this notebook and like again like some of it's in red pen some of it's blue it's like literally like a, a prop from forensic files and then he still has that, that page about me that's blank <laughs> I, I think that's what's so horrifying what else do i have in here steve earl we got the steve earl notes wow okay this is yeah. like this is like walk through memory lane here it's like the archive yeah i i don't think we need to drag our listeners through through the rest of this. Dinosaur <laughs> Jr. Oh, yeah. So by the way, I give today's podcast a solid nine out of ten. 
dinosaur. I'm going cool with seven. <laughs> I'm going with like a solid nine out of ten. This is a good episode. Go fuck yourself. Actually, I'm kidding. Fuck it was a good episode. No, it's true. This, this always happens though. He's kind of like uh, there was that little, little mini South Park documentary with Trey and Matt. Oh, shit. I they got always. Two of them. I don't even want to know what that one has. A there's literally blood on the cover of that. Um, where like they always say like, oh, we, we just hated the episode we just did, and then they go back and then like they they watch it or listen to it again. They're like, okay, it's not that bad, you know. That's you, John. You're always just so pessimistic. This is the best episode we've ever done. I called it at the start, and then we did it. <laughs> All right. Well, let's wrap this up for the right. Static Podcast. I'm John. I'm apparently a serial killer. Robert. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm Chris. Is that the same chord? Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for listening. Good night, everybody. <laughs>